Welcome to our podcast series, Five Questions, Five Answers, in which we explore recent U.S. trade policies and U.S. trade rules that can affect thousands of companies. We have a goal in mind to help you, the listener, translate the legal into real-world business strategies. My name is Bridget Matheson. I'm the Director of North American Manufacturing here at Aaron Fox Schiff in Washington, D.C. I get the easy part. I get to ask the questions and I get to choose the colleague or the guest I know will have the right answers for you. So in the next few minutes, I will ask five questions that reflect the concerns we've been hearing from business leaders, all who want to understand the rules, but they also need to mitigate their business risk while increasing their bottom line. So let's start. Welcome back to our Five Questions, Five Answers podcast series. We're going to talk automotive as we always do. And so much has been happening in both here, the United States, North America, and globally in terms of the automotive supply chain. These are extremely exciting times, I must say. Lots of change and lots of developments. Lots of decisions are being made. So who better to talk all things automotive than a group called the Automotive Industry Action Group. They are headquartered in Southfield, Michigan, but many of you will know the group. Many of you will have gone to their excellent conferences and some of their regional seminars. And today's guests from the AIAG, one is James or Jim Liejo, the program manager supply chain risk, materials, and compliance, and Tanya Bolden. She's the Director, Corporate Responsibility and Supply Chain. So good morning to both of you. I wanted to first ask James to share with us and the listeners a little bit about AIAG membership, what the focus or priorities might be for AIAG. And so James, can I turn the microphone to you? Describe AIAG for us. Thanks, Bridget, for the opportunity. We are AIAG. We are, uh, as you mentioned, based in Michigan, headquartered in Michigan. However, we're a globally recognized automotive trade association. We're happy to say we are celebrating our 40th year this year already from humble beginnings of originally three members. We've now skyrocketed to over 4,300 member companies. We are a not-for-profit company and we are member-driven, as I mentioned. We're a unique forum to collaborate on emerging industry issues and threats. Our membership is comprised of many OEM manufacturers, many tier one and tier two suppliers, service providers, students in academia, you name it, likely they've heard of or are a partner or member of AIAG. We're proud also to say that we have subject matter expertise on staff and in all three of our pillars, corporate responsibility, supply chain management, and quality. Like I said, we have over 4,300 member companies and we're continuing to grow, especially with a focus on the sub-tier supplier market where we're finding a lot of supply chain risk lurks in that kind of sub-tier. And we like to say sometimes people don't know what they don't know. So we're really sharpening our focus on that sub-tier level. We have over roughly 700 industry volunteers working on projects in the spaces that we oversee. And we're happy that we are able to harness their energy, their expertise, and their time. And those 700 volunteers roughly represent give or take 200 different companies at any given time. We have approximately 60 active projects and work groups that regularly meet to make progress on these initiatives. And we're proud to say that we have well over 300 projects completed to date, life to date of AIAG. We're also overseen by a board of directors, I think which most of our listeners would recognize almost all of the companies or probably 100% of the companies that sit on our board of directors and really steer our vision, guide our projects and provide industry guidance to sharpen our focus and help the automotive supply chain. 
Wow. With all of that, I guess you really do have your finger on the pulse. Good for you. That was pretty impressive. I do look at your website. I look at it regularly, actually. And I noticed that a few weeks ago, actually in June of this year, the AIAG and Drive Sustainability released an updated version of the automotive industry guiding principles to enhance sustainability performance in the supply chain. That title really grabbed my attention because it was certainly on point to what is happening in the world today. But your website describes this as a reference document for suppliers, and it's supposed to aim to address the latest trends in industry expectations on supply chain sustainability. I just found that very, very interesting. And I wonder, Tanya, could you elaborate and tell us about this effort? Thank you for the question, Bridget. I'd be happy to give you a little more background about the documents that we refer to as the Global Guiding Principles and its supplemental document, which is the Practical Guidance. So AIG began working on this document back in 2008. At that point in time, we were looking primarily at working conditions and human rights. But over time, the project grew to include additional focus on environment and business ethics. So generally it addresses ESG. The companies felt that we really needed to come together to come up with common guidance for the industry on expectations on a global front for these issues and what they covered. So as I mentioned, the companies came together. Now we have 14 OEMs based in North America and Europe who are contributing to and endorsing this ESG compliance guidance in the supply chain. So we have not only the high level expectations for industry, but we've gone on to elaborate on the specific aspects that we want the supply chain to make sure that they are mindful of, that they are managing And they have systems in place to ensure that their practices and behaviors on a day-to-day basis are compliant. So you made a very key observation, Bridget, that it was guidance. Given the amount of legislation that is facing the automotive and just manufacturing industries today, we are moving forward to take the document from a more aspirational document to requirements. So in the version that was launched, in June of this year, you will see more stringent language in there for the supply chain. And over the course of the next two years, it is intended to become a full industry requirement. Thank you very much. And so for all the listeners who are with us today, I would urge you all to go to AIAG's website and uh, learn more about this guidance document. It sounds to me like it's something we're going to be hearing much more of in the months to come. Tanya, thank you for that. There are a number of developments here in the United States, but also around the world that have a direct impact on trade compliance when it comes to the automotive supply chain. I'd be interested in your thoughts about what's happening around the world and how AIAG is keeping your members informed? Yes, definitely. There are a lot of things going on globally that is driving action within the manufacturing and as well as the automotive supply chain. Many countries today are using legislation to drive due diligence 
in manufacturing to root out undesirable practices such as human rights violations or to make sure that hazardous materials are not present in the products in which they manufacture or the processes used in the manufacturing of products, and as well looking at threats to the supply chain such as cybersecurity and something as inane as termites. You know, that is a natural threat to the United States. And it's something that Customs Border Protection is looking at amongst other minimum security requirement elements. But in some cases, this legislation is dictating that a company use a management system to make sure that they are on a daily basis assessing and meeting the necessary compliance. And reporting is a key piece of that. So we've seen legislation recently enacted in the U.S. Germany, Canada, and several U.S. countries. But the important thing to note is that more legislation is anticipated. So manufacturers are now subject to punitive actions, such as restricting the flow of goods, fines, as well as exclusion from purchasing bid lists if they cannot prove that their product or their processes do not have certain practices in place that could allow them to meet the due diligence threshold. So in the U.S., as I mentioned, we're seeing legislation there. It's being carried out by Customs Border Protection. So that, in some cases, if a company cannot prove the negative, as we say, their goods could be stopped at the border and not receive permission to enter the U.S. So for the foreseeable future, we know that it is essential for manufacturers to understand global trade requirements and compliance. And a moment ago, we just talked about the global guiding principles. That initiative by the OEMs to drive compliance within the supply chain definitely works hand in hand with this legislation. So we have global legislation, we have commercial mandates by customers, all of which that is usually driving requirements and reporting. But again, I state it is very important that manufacturers understand trade requirements and the compliance expectations that are out there for them. I've often thought that the world of trade compliance is so much more complicated these days. We certainly aren't in Kansas any longer. I call it the new normal, given the amount of data, the nature of the data that is now required to be submitted. So thank you for that. James, I want to just ask my last question to you. It's about the USMCA. You know, that's my favorite subject conversation. But what are you hearing from your members? And where do you sense that the industry in general is with the USMCA? And how is the AIAG, to use a term, how are the AIG softening the learning curve? That's another current issue, obviously, that we've stayed in front of for a couple of years now is USMCA. It's one of, one of my favorite topics as well. In short, I don't think we're out of the woods yet in terms of the trade community understanding that this is not NAFTA that the the requirements have changed, especially in the automotive sector. And the result of that is that there's a lot of learning, I think, still to take place. So you, you mentioned softening the learning curve, of course, that's our job. We try to bring people together to share knowledge and expertise and come up with best practices and guidance and standardize what we can in the industry. So we've got a really good work group about USMCA trying to standardize some of the data collection practices. We've got a 
four-page FAQ document posted to our landing site on AIG.org under trade compliance to try to answer questions directly from the OEMs and tier ones and provide the best they can guidance to the trade community. We also have a couple of training opportunities, one of which is a USMCA rather intensive two-day course for the practitioner to understand the differences from NAFTA to USMCA and how they can be most compliant and expeditious with the requirements of their customers. Because I think what I'm hearing is there's still a lot of confusion out in the trade community about how to respond to inquiries and get the data where it needs to be in order to certify the goods. So from an administrative standpoint, it is a bit heavier on the OEM and tier one customers to continue to support their USMCA qualification of their products, their final products. So in short, we're not out of the woods yet, but we've got tools in place and people in place working on addressing the gaps and trying to kind of, like you said, soften the learning curve and get people where they need to be. But it's definitely still an opportunity that's relevant. And another- Another opportunity is AIAG's annual supply chain conference. You've posted the date for this year. It's November 3. I think it's in Novi, Michigan, if I've got that right. The details and registration are on your website. I'm assuming that everything we talked about this morning and then some will be included on that agenda. I know that I go to those conferences because the speaker lineup and the agendas are often, if not always, pretty darn impressive. So I wanted to thank both Tanya and James this morning for taking the time to talk to us, introduce AIAG to us, and answer my five questions. So thank you very much. Thank you to the listeners to take the time to spend with us this morning. And as you know, at Aaron Fox Schiff, smarten your world is not simply a tagline.